So today's daf is, is the first daf of Masechet Sukkah. We begin the new Masechet, exciting uh, uh, new uh, adventure. Every Masechet is a new adventure. And of course, it mainly discusses the uh, mitzvah Sukkah for the first couple of prakim. And it, of course, discusses also the mitzvot of Arba'at Aminim, all the different mitzvot related to the Lulav and Etrog, both in the Beit HaMikdash and out. And, uh, and then discusses... The, the smachot that occurred were really the simchad of the uh, simchad Beit HaShoevam celebration in the Beit HaMikdash on Sukkot as well as some uh, associated matters related to the Beit HaMikdash but we begin with Sukkashi Gvohan Limala Mesrim Amma Pesula Rabbi Yehuda Machshir there are um, a few basic uh, uh, parameters requirements for a Sukkah to be acceptable and this, the, the Mishnah begins with what makes it unacceptable, which is a sukkah that is higher than 20 amot, which is approximately 30 feet, is, uh, is pasul. Rabbi Yehuda, however, machshir, he allows, uh, he doesn't have put a limit on the height of the sukkah. Now these three things, everybody agrees, if it is not 10 fachimai, which is obviously, uh, you know, it's like two and a half feet. It's much, uh, if it's not at least two and a half feet tall, it should say, and if it doesn't have three walls, or if it has more sunlight than shade, then it is invalid. So these three things everybody agrees upon, and we can understand why. Because not having three walls means it's not really a structure. It's not really a, a, it's not really a place that can be lived in. Not having more uh, shade than sun means that it's not considered to have at all, like Rashi says, the fact that it doesn't have that has a majority of sunlight, uh, it says hamuat batel barov. So that means that the the the, um, the minority is batel in the majority, and therefore it says if there is no shade at all, and therefore there's no sechach. And the definition sukkah comes from the word sechach. Sechach means the covering on top. So without the sechach, it's not a sukkah at all. Rashi explains. So therefore, you have to have a more shade than sunlight penetrating. So, and obviously, it has to be a minimal height so that somebody can actually go in there. So these three things are self-evident. These three, uh, these three rules, meaning we can understand the reason for them. The Gemara is going to try to tackle why there's a maximum height. A maximum height, it's not obvious why there should be for a sukkah. Why does it have to be a maximum height? Minimum height, we understand you have to be able to fit in. Three walls, we understand has to have a, 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 an air, you know, be a structure. Uh, a, a majority uh, shaded makes sense because if, it, if the majority is unshaded, then basically you don't have a roof. That means that the majority is open on top. That's not a roof. So we, we understand those three ideas. The Gemara is going to deal with why there is a maximum height. Now the Gemara says, Tenanatam, we learned over there. And this Mishnah is a Mishnah that we ourselves learned together. In uh, Masechet Eruvin, the very first Mishnah actually of Masechet Eruvin says, Mavoy, Sheu, Gavoa, Mesrimama, Yimaet. If you have a, uh, a Mavoy, now a Mavoy is this passageway, this alleyway between Chatzerot, the alleyway that connects multiple courtyards. And as we learned, in order to allow carrying in that alleyway, you need either what's called the Korah or what's called the Lechi, which is either a vertical, uh, a vertical uh, pole stick on the side of the doorway, or some say on both sides, whatever, or a korah which goes across the top, it's horizontal, it goes across the top, but if it's higher than 20 amot, this mavoy, so it's, it's not kosher, it says, you have to lower it, okay, you have to lower the korah to allow, um, or lower basically the height of the walls of the mavoy, or raise the, the ground of the mavoy, one way or another to make sure that the amount of space between the ground and that korah is not 
over 20 amot. So there it uses the word Yimah, it lower it. And there again, Rabbi Yehuda Yehuda has the same opinion there that he has in Sukkah, that there's no maximum height for a Mavoy, there's no maximum height for a Sukkah, according to Rabbi Yehuda. In both cases, he says it's fine. Now the question that the Gemara is going to zero in on, like it, 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 it uh, likes to do, is a nuance here, because it's comparing these two Mishnayot, because you have something very similar, which is a maximum height of 20 amot, but you, and you have two different, form, two different ways of expressing the problem. Because in our Mishnah it says psula, invalid. But in the Mishnah Eruvin it says, Yimait, you should lower it, you should make it less. Right? Make the, the, the height less. So why does it say make the height less? Why doesn't it say that by sukkah? So it says, why here in the Mishnah does it use the language of pasul, invalid? But in the case of Mavoy, it tells you how to fix it. In other words, why here doesn't it say raise the ground level or lower it? Why does it say pasul? Alternatively, in the case of Mavoy, why doesn't it just say it's pasul? And then you know you have to fix it. In other words, why doesn't it use the same language, uniform language, to discuss the same kind of invalidation of maximum height? So the answer Gemara gives is The first answer the Gemara gives in Rashi explains it as follows. That the word pasul implies reference to an established standard. I'm putting that in my own language. It doesn't exactly say that. But he says, Deoraita means the standard came from Sinai. Came from Har Sinai. Came from the times of Moshe Rabbeinu. It predates the Mishnah. So when you say pasul, you're referring to a standard that already existed. Whereas mavoy, which was created by the rabbis, as we know, really to carry in a mavoy on Shabbat or in and out of the Chatzerot and the mavoy on Shabbat is not any sort of right. That's only sort of that people not yeah that people not make a, get confused right with the Rishut Rabim. So there, since the rabbis are the ones who formulated and created the legislation, they also give you how to fix it. You might make it lower. So in the case of the um, in the case of the sukkah, since it's deoraita, it says psula. In the case of something derabanan, it says takanta. It tells you how to fix it. Now Tosfot has a little bit of a different take on this uh, this idea that maybe it's talking about the stringency. That it means deoraita. It wants to make sure that you know that it's deoraita, and therefore there's no compromises psula. And then mavoy, it's not as worried because only derabanan, so it uses a softer language. Either way, the point is deoraita derabanan would be the obvious difference. Between the sukkah and the mavoy. Fine. Now, another alternative answer, alternative, we could say that sukkah, and it says in parentheses, that has a lot of laws. Um, in the side it says, the idea is that there's a lot of different rules in, in sukkah, so pasig therefore it just gives you straight out pasul. Why? Meaning that not every way of fixing the sukkah is the same. Right? There's not only a maximum height. There's, it's going to tell you maximum height is you have to lower it. Minimum height, you have to raise it. Lacking three walls, build a wall. Uh, if you have to, you don't have enough schach, put more. So each one of them has a different way of repair. So therefore, if it starts listing the repair options for each one of the uh, thing, it's going to be too complicated. So it just says this is pasul, this is pasul, this is pasul, because it wants to give you what is pasul. And it mentions, of course, where there's a debate between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachami. But otherwise, it just tells you pasul because it doesn't want to get into the details. My boy, there's only one thing that could be wrong, which is it's too high, so it says lower it. Right? That's simple. But when it has a lot of different psulim, and each one of the psulim has its own way of repair, so therefore it doesn't want to get into those details. So we have two answers to why the language of the Mishnah of Eruvin is different than the language of the Masechet. So it's a typical way, oftentimes the mas- a new Masechet or a new parak will begin by focusing in on nuances in the language of the opening Mishnah, very common. But now we get into the substance, and as I mentioned, nobody really asks what's the reason why you need three walls for a sukkah, because it seems obvious, it has to be a structure, 
nobody asks why it has to be tall enough for you to get into it, two and a half feet minimum, because obviously you have to be able to sit in there. And, and nobody asks why the majority of the roof has to be intact, because obviously if it doesn't have a majority roof, it doesn't have a roof. It's not going to be, as Rashi says, it wouldn't even be called sukkah, because the word sukkah refers to schach, it refers to the covering. Right? So that we know. But what is the reason for the maximum height? Minane milay. Right? That's what it says. Where do we get this idea that there's a maximum height of 20 amot. Now we can understand by the mavoi, because the mavoi, what's the reason why you have a maximum height? Because if, there's a, if it was too high, nobody will notice the, 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 the Korah that goes over the top. That's supposed to remind you not to go into the Rishut HaRabim carrying articles from the Mavoy. That's the whole purpose of it. It's like a, it's a reminder. If you put a sign too high, imagine a road sign that's so high that a person who's driving will not even see it. So then what's the point of having it? You're not going to notice it. So it has to be at eye level. But here, what's the reason? So, Rabbah says it comes from the Pasuk, it says that you must sit in Sukkot. What is the reason for living in the Sukkah on Sukkot? That your generation should know that in Sukkot, I caused Bnei Israel to sit in the Midbar. Meaning, until 20, and what the person realizes he's sitting in the Sukkah. But once the Sukkah is already 20, the person's eye, right? Shalta ba'ina means his eye doesn't reach it. So meaning it's too high for him to feel, notice that he's sitting in the sukkah. And since the pasuk says, that this is something that's supposed to remind you of, it's supposed to be a zikaron to remind you of what happened in the midbar. So therefore, um, it's important that a person be cognizant of the fact that he's in the sukkah. And if it's too high, he's not going to notice it. So therefore, 20 amot is the maximum. So Rabbah gives it basically related to the person's experience of the sukkah, you could say, that he's going to be lacking. He's not going to notice where he is. He's not going to be aware. Okay, that's one explanation. Now, Rabbi Zerah, Rabbi Zerah says, no, he says, this, it says in the Pasuk, and this is a Pasuk, not in the Torah, but a Pasuk in Yeshayahu, that says that a Sukkah is going to be a source of shade during the day from the sun or from the heat. Okay, so it says, Rabbi Zerah said there's a practical reason. It doesn't have to do with the person being aware of whether they're in the sukkah or not. It has to do with the functionality of the sukkah. Because if you make the walls so high, really the roof doesn't really serve any function anymore. Except maybe when the sun is directly overhead. But most of the time, the walls are really what's going to be providing the shade, not the schach. And since it says the sukkah is supposed to be tzeletzel, it's a, the, the shade is supposed to come from the schach. So basically you're making it so tall, you're making that if you made a structure very, very tall, even without a roof, it won't protect you from the rain, obviously. And maybe a certain short time of the day, the sun will come directly down on you. But 95% of the time, 99% of the time, it's not going to be, provi- it's not going to be lacking shade because the walls will cast the shade on you because it's so tall. So Rabbi Zerah says that's the reason. Now Abaye, of course, has a problem with that. Amarle Abaye, Elhmeata, according to House Ashdod Karnai, Ashdod Karnai means between two tall mountains. If a person makes a sukkah between two tall mountains, so you're going to tell me that making a, let's say, for example, you have a valley and you make a, you make a sukkah in the valley, so the mountains on the side are so tall. Or let's say you have a backyard, that the, the walls of your backyard are so tall, that even though... They don't interfere with the sukkah in any way, obviously, but they're so tall that there's no, uh, no sun gets in. They block the sun out, imagine. Right, would that be a problem? Let's say we took the roof off of this building and we put a sukkah down here. So most of the time, you wouldn't get so much sun. This, uh, you wouldn't really need the schach so much because the walls are tall. Right? Now, now, obviously, it's imagining even taller than that, but the idea is that 
um, that he, so he's saying if, if the external situation were, were such that the shade, there's no shade, so you're telling me that that's also not going to be a good sukkah because, there's, because you don't need the schach for shade because the mountains next to you or the walls next to you or whatever trees next to you are providing shade from the side? So then, so then you're not going to be able to build a sukkah in a place that's not directly exposed to the sun. So he answered him, He said there's a difference because one is intrinsic and one is extrinsic, which means to say external. If you remove those mountains, you remove the walls that are around your backyard, okay, now the sukkah will have a function because the schach will function to protect you from the sun. You will need it again. But if the sukkah itself is so tall that no matter what, you're never going to need that schach on top. So basically built into the sukkah is its own, it makes its own schach obsolete because of the height. It says that's different than saying something around you is blocking the sun. Let's say a very large, tall guy. Is to, I don't know. There's lots of ways that you could have a blocking of, of sun from getting to the sukkah. Those don't matter because they're not part of the sukkah itself. But the sukkah itself has to be such that the schach functions. That's what Rabbi Zerah's point was. But that's not the last of it. What does the Torah say? You have to live in the sukkah for seven days. Which means leave your permanent dwelling and live in a temporary dwelling. Until 20, the person who constructs a structure, he makes a building... Right? He makes it dirat aray. It's short. It's because it's short, right? He can make it temporary. But once you reach the past 20 amot, so in order to make sure that it remains stable, you're going to have to make it out of much sturdier material. Right, because a very tall thing made of very thin, very flimsy material is going to fall. So you're going to have to make sure that it's almost like a permanent structure and it won't be a temporary structure. So his view, so it's interesting. If you want to break it down, you could say that the three opinions are basically, is the height of the sukkah a problem because of the person sitting in the sukkah? Because of the schach of the sukkah or because of the walls of the sukkah, basically. That, it, that, that they're trying to fit it into one of these categories, right? That the walls will end up having to be permanent walls to mean to sustain that level of height because that level of height is going to. He's well, well, well. The Gemara is going to ask that question, but right now it's proposing that he's saying it would make it impossible to have an actual temporary dome because it's too tall. So then again, so he asked the question. So you're telling me you're not allowed to have permanent walls? How about if I make metal walls? That's exactly what you're asking. So that's also permanent walls. I can make. In fact, some people they just make the sukkah. They have the house and they take the part of the roof. People do that all the time. Rav Moshe Feinstein. That's what he had in his apartment. They have pictures of him that he had. Uh, he had. Yeah, he had a. Rav Moshe Feinstein had a. Uh, had a. Um, had a, he had, I guess, he had the top floor apartment and he had a, a, a big skylight and he would just make the big skylight of the sukkah. He would put the schach, it was big enough to make a sukkah and he would, he, he would go and he would have the sukkah in his house. So it's done. In, in Israel, we have a mirpesed, we can make the whole mirpesed of the sukkah because we're on the top. So we, we're just going to have to put like schach over the, maybe some poles to hold it a little bit higher and schach, and it's no problem to have permanent walls, right? So he said, what can you say? This is what I mean. Ad kaf ama, ad esrim ama. Right? He said, uh, what I'm saying is, it's not that the, that the structure has to be temporary. 
It's not that the structure has to be made of a material that's temporary. What I mean is that once you're giving in a, a, a height, once you give a height that it wouldn't be possible for a person to make a dirat kev, uh, arai, el a dirat keva. In other words, that a person would normally make it a dirat keva, then you can, it's too high. If you make it a height that the potential is there to make it a temporary dwelling, Right, it's it. So, so it doesn't matter that you write. So he, so Rashi explains. He says, he says, In other words, the Torah is giving you a measurement of height to say, don't make it so tall that it would be impossible for it to be a temporary. It doesn't mean that it has to be temporary because you could actually use metal walls, steel walls, totally. But it has to be. That it could be, could be temporary walls. It's about 30 feet tall. Because an Amazo had a foot and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it's taller than this. That's why I was saying it would be even taller. Yeah. This got to be, yeah, it's got to be more than 10. Yeah, 12 probably. Yeah, so it's, it's talking about 30 feet. It's talking about pretty tall because an Amaz is, 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 is a foot and a half approximately. So if you're thinking, you know, so, so 20 Amot is, is about 30 feet tall. So it's pretty tall. Yeah. So was it two stories maybe? Is, uh, the Israel, the they have such a tall ceiling? No, oh. 30 feet tall is like what, two stories or something like that? Um, some, um, yeah, it's tall. Now, turning to Amud Bet, the question is you have these three reasons. Now, as I mentioned before, the reason why you have three uh, theories is because there's nothing, uh, is because there's no clear explanation for why you would have a maximum height. There's a clear explanation for all the other psulim. It doesn't ask about that. Why a maximum height? So now it says, So why didn't everybody like Rabba's idea? That was the only one that Abaye didn't complain about. It was the one that, uh, that oh, because it says, that, uh, that the future generations will know that you're sitting in sukkah, so therefore you have to know that you're sitting in the sukkah. Right? Abaye didn't object to that. So what's the, why didn't everybody take that reason? Because that's Yediyah dorot. That's not talking about you know that you're in a sukkah. That's talking about future generations now. Meaning that the reason for the mitzvah of sukkah is that you pass down the story of the sukkah. Not that you have to be aware when you're sitting in the sukkah that you're in a sukkah. So people didn't buy that drasha so much. And uh, everyone didn't agree with Rabbi Zerah who said that the reason why was because if it's too tall, the schach is not the thing that's providing the uh, shade. Is because, uh, because it says, because ahuli because that pasuk in Yishayahu is not talking about the mitzvah of sukkah, where it says that the sukkah is going to be letzel yomam, right? Mechorev, mechorev. He's not talking about uh, that. Um, not talking about the uh, the sukkah of the mitzvah. It's talking about the sukkah of Yimot Mashiach. It's talking about a prophecy of Yimot Mashiach that you're going to be protected from the heat and the sun. Right, so, so they didn't want to learn a halakha from there that, oh, it means that the schach has to provide the shade. They didn't want to learn that. He said, no, no, I stand my, by my drasha because why did Yishayahu decide to use the word sukkah instead of chupa? He could have used any language to mean a covering. Use the word sukkah. That shows you that it means that to teach you halakha about sukkah. Fine, but that's why not, some people were doubting that, okay? And then the question is, what's wrong with learning two things? That Hashem will protect us from the heat of the sun in the Yimot HaMashiach. And also that the sukkah has to have, that the schach provides the shade. Both of them could be true. So the point is that, but at the bottom line is that Rabbah's drasha, people were skeptical about it. And Rabbi Zerah's drasha, people were also skeptical about it. And then the question is, what about the last one? And everybody was skeptical about Rava's answer because of the difficulty raised by Abaye that 
you could that if it's if you're going to say that you need temporary dwelling, so then how can you make the walls out of sturdy material even if it's shorter? He gave an answer. Oh well, we're just talking about where where it has at least the potential to be permanent, but it doesn't actually have to be permanent. But that's sort of a forced answer. People didn't love that answer, and therefore they left it as a question. But the interesting thing is that the Gemara doesn't endorse any of these explanations. It actually just tells you why there were three explanations, and not everybody could agree on any one of them because they all have pros and cons to their logic, okay? Now the Gemara says, um, and it doesn't really matter in the end, we just know that it's possible. Now, what is Rabbi, the following statement of Rabbi Oshia, according to which of these reasons would it fit? Rabbi Oshia said in the name of Rav, that this whole Machloket between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim about whether you can have a sukkah that's higher than 20 and what is only relevant when the, when the walls don't reach the schach. In other words, you have poles suspending the schach and the walls don't reach all the way up to where the schach is. Because you're allowed to have that, by the way. You're allowed to have the poles are much taller than the walls. Some people do that. People do that on balconies of apartments, like I mentioned before, we're probably going to do, which is that you put poles to hold the schach higher than you. As long as the walls are at least 10 fachim tall, they don't have to reach up to the schach. They, right? Right, there could be low walls and then you have poles that hold the schach above. That's fine. Now it says, so, so this machloket that says that between Rabbi Yudan and the Chachamim is only where the schach, um, it doesn't, where the walls don't reach the schach. That's where it has to be under 20 amot. But, it can be less than three. Huh? It can be no, no, the schach can be as tall, high as you want, as long as oh, the yeah. walls are, are 10 amot, uh, 10 uh, oh, so you, can have, you can have poles that go very high, uh, not, not 20 amot, you know, not 20 amot, but it could be, it could be very high and still be kasher, it doesn't matter that you have a lot of air in the walls. No, it's not. It's, we just consider it as if, like, the, it has to be lined up properly, so that we consider it as if the schach, you, if you drew an imaginary line, from the edge of the schach down, it would be at the walls. It can't be out of sync with the walls, but it could be very high. Okay? Now he says, so that, that opinion is that up to 20 amot, you could have the, it's, it, the, this limitation on the maximum of 20 amot is only when you have a separation between the walls and the schach, because schach is going to be too high. Right? It's going to be so high. But, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but if the walls actually reach up that high, then uh, you can have it as tall as you want. That's what Rabbi Yoshia said in the name of Rav. And even the rabbis would say that. Kimman, who would say that? Kirabah. That must have been following. Rav must have been following the opinion of Rabbah. That because he said, what did Rabbah say? He said, the reason why is because your eye will not see the schach. That reasoning, that fits best with the reasoning given by Rabbah, that it's about seeing the schach. So if the walls actually reach the schach, so even though it's very high, you'll look up, you'll see. But if you just had two poles holding the schach up uh, 30 feet in the air and you're sitting on walls that are at your shoulder length, you're not going to look up. How often are you going to look up and see way, way above you is the schach? Right? So there, this opinion is saying that the rabbi is only made, said that the sukkah over 20 amot is pasul when the walls don't reach the schach because you won't look up. But if you would look up, we'll be okay. So therefore, if the walls reach the schach, we'll be okay. Now, what about this statement of Rav Hunan, the name of Rav, that this machloket between Rabbi Yudah and the Chachamim, whether you can have a sukkah higher than 20 amot, is only where the dimensions of the sukkah, the length and width of the sukkah, are four by four amot. Right? But if it's a larger sukkah, in other words, that's only what, like a sukkah mitzumtzemet, a very small sukkah, four by four amot, six by, you know, six feet by six feet 
uh, not a very large sukkah, small sukkah, there you have a limit on the maximum height. But if it's larger than that, it will be okay. So whose interpretation would that fit with of the, of the reason why the height is a problem? So that would fit best with Rabbi Zera's interpretation because Rabbi Zera's interpretation is that the whole problem is that the schach will not be functional. But if that that's only true in a very narrow sukkah, that the schach won't be functional. But if you have a very big sukkah, even though meaning if it's wide and long, so even though the schach is high, it will still serve a function in blocking out the sun and providing shade. And that would be Rabbi Zera's opinion. Now, Kiman as the Another opinion of Rav. Now, obviously, these can, are not both true, the previous one and this one, because they're giving different measurements. According to this, Rav said, if the sukkah is really so small that it only fits your body, the, the majority of the person's body and their head and their table, right? So then you have a, you have a, 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 a maximum height. But if it's something larger than that, you don't have a maximum height. So previously it said that the dimensions that are the minimum are four by four amot, six feet by six feet. Now we're saying that it's only the size of a, the person's head, most of their body in a table, which is like, I don't know, seven tvachim they say, I think it is, or something like that. Seven tvachim squared, something like that. Right? So, it's, right. So, it's, so it's pretty small. They're a pretty small area. So, so but the point is that they're both m- making it contingent on the length and width of the... Uh, of the sukkah. I actually once had a sukkah like that. I was in a situation where I couldn't ma- make any sukkah and I needed a sukkah just for one day and I ended up making like this tiny booth, so the, like the um, little phone booth sukkah, you know, it was like, like that. But anyway, keman this doesn't really fit with any of the opinions. Why? Because obviously Rabbi Zerah would not make a distinction between the, and say, oh, if it's, uh, uh, you know, if it's, I don't know, half a foot or one foot uh, by one foot, there the tzel doesn't, uh, the, the, the high sukkah, will, the, the schach won't function. But if it's a foot and a half, it will function. It, it's, that distinction wouldn't make any sense, according to, you know, it wouldn't fit with Rabbi Zerah. It wouldn't fit with Rabbah. It wouldn't fit with, with, uh, with any of the opinions that we saw before in terms of interpreting what the reason is for the maximum. Because once you understand what the reason is for the maximum, you could have exceptions to the rule. In other words, if the reason is that you see the schach, so then if the walls reach the schach, it would be okay. If the reason is that it should provide shade, so if you have a very wide, long sukkah, then it will provide shade, right? And uh, if the, of course, if the reason is the permanence, so then you wouldn't have any exception because the permanence doesn't matter. None of the other factors would matter. If it's 20 amot, it's 20 amot, it's going to require it being very sturdy. But the other two opinions, you could have some flexibility. But this one doesn't really seem to fit with any of them. Now, We understand the difference between the first statement in the name of Rav, that if the walls reach the schach, there's a difference in the, whether we apply the maximum height. But in terms of length and width, there, it doesn't make a difference. So we understand that because he doesn't care about the length and width. He only cared about whether the height of the, of the walls reached the schach. And he said, if they do, then you don't have to worry about the actual height. You don't have to worry about the maximum height. But, but what's the basis of the machloket between Rav Hanan Barabah and Rav Una? Rav Una saying that we go by the measurement, the rule of thumb is four amot by four amot, right? That's, and anything beyond that, now you have no maximum height. And Rav Hanan Barabah saying that no, that it's up to uh, the amount of, the minimum minimum, like the seven tfachim or whatever it is squared, that's the, uh, the amount where you have to worry about the height. But if it's, a, if it's larger than that, then it'll be okay. It would be okay to have one very tall. And, of course, and the Tosfot, I believe, asked the question 
of um, what would be the logic behind that. And it says, oh, because since it's so narrow and it's so tall, that it's like kilul shel It looks like a chicken coop. It doesn't look like a human, uh, to have something that's 20 amot and it's so narrow. I think the Tosafot brings it from the Yerushalmi, I think. Oh yeah, here it is. But the Rokhanai says, no, it's not from the Yerushalmi. It just says, Yesh Mefarshim Shum Dehavayle Lul Shiltar Negolim. He says, Lul Shiltar Negolim. That it's like a chicken coop. Okay. But, but look from outside, because we're not concerned about look from outside. But inside, from inside. Inside, inside yeah. But we're sitting on the inside. Yeah, on the inside. Yeah, so, but the point is that it's, uh, it, it would, the structure would be not looking like a human, human structure. That would be the logic why... If it was very tiny, it can't be tall. But if it's larger than that, it, would, it could be very tall. It doesn't really fit with the reasoning of the, of the shade because that doesn't make any difference. But it would make a difference in terms of the shape of it, maybe, that it, looks, uh, it doesn't look like a human dwelling. So now it's asking, what's the difference between the four amot and whether you say seven tvachim, uh, by seven tvachim? That so says the, the difference would, maybe the machloket just is um, about hechsher sukkah. In other words, the whole machloket is whether the uh, whether a sukkah that is that small is even kasher. Maybe that's the issue, right? That demor savar. Because the question would be like this: demor savar hechsher sukkah arba amot. Demor savar hechsher sukkah machzer kushav shulchano. In other words, the machloket isn't it doesn't really have to do with the maximum height so much as it has to do with whether the sukkah would even be kasher. Because according to Rav Huna, a sukkah is only kasher if it's four amot by four amot. And according to uh, according to Avchanan Barabbat, it's only it's kasher even if it fits just like a telephone booth uh, type of a sukkah. That would be good too. So now it says, No, everybody agrees that if a person's majority and his head and his table can fit in the sukkah, it's kosher. Exactly what we said before. That it's not a question of whether it's kasher or not. It's a question of when the maximum height rule kicks in. According to Rav Chanan Barabah, once you reach that measurement, uh, you go past the minimum measurement. So now the, ma- the maximum height doesn't apply anymore. And according to Rav Hunan, no, it's true that the sukkah would be kasher from the tiny phone booth all the way up to four by four amot, but you're going to have the maximum height rule there. But but once you get uh, uh, past four amot, everyone's going to agree that no matter how tall it is, it's going to be kasher according to that. So it's not a machloket about where the kashrut of the sukkah begins. It's a it's a machloket about where the maximum height begins. Now the interesting thing is going to be that according to Rav Chanan Bar there's really no. I mean, the only situation where you're going to have the maximum height is if somebody has exactly the minimum. Exactly the minimum for Hechsher Sukkah. Because the, if he has even slightly more, then everyone's going to agree it's okay to have more than the, that maximum height. It's only going to be if you have the minimum dimensions, you have to have a maximum on the height. You have to cap the height. But if you have even a tiny bit more than the minimum dimensions, all of a sudden all bets are off. You can make it as tall as you want. It's an unusual thing. Now, there is an objection. We said in the Brayta that a sukkah that is 20 amot is pasul, but according to Rabbi Yehuda, you can go to 40 or 50 amot. Now, Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, Masebe Helenea Malka, this was the, um, Helenea Malka was a, 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 a queen that became Jewish. She converted to be Jewish, right? And, and she was very religious. She was very, and we, we, she was also mentioned uh, in previous Gemarot that she made the, she made the uh, sota um, thing. She, she, she added some, she contributed some things to the Beit HaMikdash uh, during the Bayt Sheni. 
Right, so was she, and during Bait Shini, she, she, she contributed some things to the, uh, to the Beit HaMikdash during Bait Shini. So, um, so very famously, um, and it says, That uh, it happened to be that Helani Amalka had the, the royal sukkah was taller than 20 amot. And yet, the, and the elders went in and out visiting her and they didn't say anything. Right? So Amrulo, they said to him, Isham Raya, you're bringing a proof from over there. She was a woman, she didn't have to have a sukkah kshera. So what are you telling me that she had a, a, had a, a sukkah? We're going, going to go by that. He said, She had seven sons. Not only that, everything she did, she did according to the Chachamim. So if she did it and it was higher than 20 amot, we know it must have been good. Now it says, Why did it have to mention that everything she did, she did according to the rabbis? Because maybe you'll tell me that her children were young. And therefore, she didn't have to care. No. And children don't have to go in the sukkah. No. There must have, if she had seven children, there had to be at least one who was who was old enough that he had obligation of sukkah. And maybe you'll tell me that a child who's old enough to be without his mother, meaning he doesn't wake up in the middle of the night and call for his mommy, let's say he's over eight years old or something like that, I think they usually give us the measurements, seven, eight years old, doesn't need his mom in the middle of the night, that's only no mashgecha. and maybe you'll tell me that she didn't care about rabbinic rules, she, was, uh, she only cared about the Torah, Tashima, come in here, that's why he tells you that she did everything according to the Chachamim, therefore what? Her sukkah must have been a sukkah kshira, because she had children, at least one of whom, if not more, must have been old enough to be obligated in sukkah, at least midra banan, and therefore her sukkah must have been kshira, and it was taller than 20 amot. So what do we do with that? So it says, So according to the, what, the first opinion, Rabbah's opinion about, right? And it's not, not Rabbah's opinion, um, according to... Um, to uh, uh, Yoshia's opinion about, right? That the whole argument, the whole maximum measurement of 20 amot is only when the walls don't reach the schach. So then it makes sense. It says, Darkashel Mishum So then it makes sense that you would have this issue because the, uh, the, between the Chachamim and Rabbi Yehuda, because that makes sense that Helenia Malka would have a sukkah that had open walls. In other words, it had walls that reached a certain height, and then the schach was even higher than that because they liked the air. They liked the breeze to come through. It's very royal and luxurious, I guess. So it says, Darkash Malka, they would have like an open thing. So therefore, um, it makes sense that they would have this machloket in this case of Helenia Malka, that Rabbi Yehuda says that the maximum doesn't apply, and the Chachamim say the maximum does apply. But, but according to the other two opinions, it said, no, the Chachamim only said there's a maximum height when it's a small sukkah, when it's only four by four amot, or when it's only seven by seven tfachim. So how could it be? Are you telling me that the queen is sitting in a tiny sukkah and therefore she has to worry about the maximum height according to the Chachamim? In other words, you're telling me that this maximum only applies to a tiny sukkah, so why are the rabbis even arguing about it in the case of a royal sukkah? You think the royal sukkah looks like a phone booth? How is that possible? So Gemara says, no. We're talking about a sukkah that's made out of small sections. Okay? Meaning it's made of small sections and therefore since it's made of small tiny cubicles, 
That's why, even though she might have had a big sukkah, she had small tiny cubicles, and therefore in those little cubicles, they had the machloket. The Gemara says, really? You're telling me that everyone's sitting in a tiny little cubicle in the sukkah of the queen? She doesn't have an entourage, she doesn't have a big table with her family there and everything? I mean, how could that be? That doesn't make sense. Rather, it's talking about the one small chamber that they had. In other words, it says that she had a large sukkah, but then because she was a woman and she was being very, you know, tznu'ah, okay, she had a very small sukkah, a chamber within the sukkah that was just for her because she was very modest. She didn't want to be exposed to everyone. She had a small sukkah. So for her entourage and all of the attendees of the party that had a large sukkah, there the maximum wouldn't apply, according to the rabbis that said the maximum doesn't apply when it's a large sukkah. But for her own small sukkah, it would apply. And since, so that's the whole thing. The rabbis say, well, her small sukkah doesn't matter because she uh, is, not, is not obligated. And, the, and Rabbi Yudah said, no, her son probably would come in and eat with her sometimes or something like that. So it would be kasher. Okay. So therefore, the fact that it was higher than 20 emot proves that I'm right, that even a small sukkah requires a, uh, it, it doesn't have a maximum height. And the Chachamim said, no, because she's a woman, you can't learn from it. Maybe the, the, the son didn't use that sukkah or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Right, that's a whole other issue. Yeah, a whole other issue. Yeah, yeah. Now it says, um, so that's why it says, um, so it, it was, so Rabbi Shazad, the Kirsha Rabbi Ransaf, Rabbi Abbasuka, Ma'al Yahavu Yadvevi, Yadvavu Kitoniyot, Mishum Tsniyuta. That according to the rabbi, she was sitting in a sukkah that wasn't kasher because her sons had a perfectly good sukkah outside. Right? That's why the rabbis didn't complain or criticize because they saw that it was a, an okay situation. Right? But Rabbi Yudah, Savar Banea Gabao, but according to Rabbi Yudah, her sons would come sit with her in the small sukkah. And even so, they didn't say anything to her because it was considered to be a sukkah kshira, according to them, despite the maximum height. So basically, we would have to construct a case. We would have to assume, if we're going to say, that the machloket between Rabbi Yudah and the Chachamim only applies to a small sukkah. So we're going to have to assume that the sukkah in which she was sitting was actually a small su- personal sukkah within the larger sukkah. And that the machloket is whether that was only for her personal use and therefore it didn't matter that it was taller than 20 amot. They're not arguing the facts that it was taller than 20 amot. They're arguing whether it mattered or not. Right? According to Rabbi Yehudah, it, it, it mattered because her sons would be in there. And the fact that her sons would come in there um, meant that uh, it must have been kasher, even though it was taller than 20 amot. And according to the Chachamim, it didn't matter that it was not kasher. It wasn't kasher. It was just for show, you know, that she was at with everyone. But it was, it was, it was taller than 20 amot because it was, not, it was just for show. Now, according to the first opinion, that the machloket applies regardless of size of the sukkah. It, the only relevant issue is whether the walls reach the schach. So then we wouldn't have to create a case where she was sitting in a tiny sukkah. We could just say that we're talking about a case where the walls of the sukkah didn't reach the schach, which, as it said before, would be very common for a royal sukkah to get that fresh air. Because I, 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 we all know that there's some years, like, like this year probably, when sukkot is very early, where it's going to be pretty hot on sukkot. Some years it's so hot that I've put a fan in the sukkah. Like it gets hotter out there than it is, you know, in your house because uh, because it's very warm. It's going to be all in September this year. It's going to be very warm. Other years it's a little bit cool. So we could imagine in a summery type of sukkah, uh, sukkot year that uh, she would need that extra breeze coming through. Okay, as I will continue here.